This episode is sponsored by Tenji. Tenji is the chat app that always shares 50% of its revenue with users in the UK through a weekly free prize draw. And the more you chat and the more of your friends that join Tenji, the more chances you have to win. Tenji, the chat app that gives back. Download now for iPhone and Android by searching T-E-N-G-I. Hello and welcome to 361, a weekly podcast about mobile tech and everything around it. My name is Ben Smith. I'm Ewan McLeod. And I'm Rafe Blanford. This is Season 12, Episode 2, and this week we're reviewing Mobile World Congress. The big hardware announcements from watches to cars. And the trends including VR, 5G and IoT. chaps welcome back number two number two episode two now people who are fans of conventional numbering systems will have noticed something what that we did season 12 episode one yeah and many fans of traditional counting the boring ones will be expecting number two but don't let them know what you're going to do always keep them on their toes that's right so last week we put out series 11 episode 11 Something that didn't even exist because there are only 10 episodes in a season. That was just a surprise, just keeping people going. And this was for important operational reasons that we can't share with you, but for important reasons and definitely not an error or a mistake on anyone's part. No, No. mainly just delaying the fact that everyone needs to know that I won the Smartest Home Challenge provisionally. You didn't win it. Smartest Home Conversations are so last season. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Literally. So, gentlemen, how are you doing? Very well. Very well, thank you. It's very nice. Now, we're all tired because of Mobile World Congress, but we will come to that. But first, things of the week, Hugh McLeod. Barcelona. Barcelona. Excellent. Uh, Thing of the week is VidMob. Sorry, what? I'm just going to apologise to all our Spanish listeners. No, but that's how they say it, Barcelona. Yeah, right. Um, VidMob. VidMob is an app that I found on the App Store that allows you to upload all those videos that you take and don't actually do anything with. So I had uh, Freddie's birthday, my... um, Youngest, the fourth You shouldn't need to think about it that much. My, uh, my uh, youngest. Uh, and counts he, children, yeah. That's right. Two. That's right. Well, it's still two. And yeah. what does VidMob do? It's okay, so Freddie was four and I took loads of videos, right? But then I just take them all and then put them on Google Photos. What VidMob does is allow me to just pick a whole lot of videos from the day uh-huh. and stick them into the VidMob system. And then an editor will then make sense of them and create a Hollywood style, well, a decent version of all these videos edited so together. sort of an on-demand sort of freelancer style we, video we, editing yes. service there you go sorry i i'm not doing a very good job <laughs> we went from hollywood style to decent that is a decent, long right. distance right you've okay so there. you upload them and then the editor will take those how, videos okay. and how much forty dollars as i've I've paid so you have managed to turn the process of having google photos make a free video of your fun day into something awesome something i thought thought right because all these different video editors will say oh i'll do it for fifty dollars i'll do it for forty nine dollars i'll do it for so i picked someone at forty dollars and thought oh well i'll try out and i'm looking forward to seeing the results i must introduce you to my old rope service old rope on demand it's uber i think it's a smart idea because you you know you ben you must have lots of videos of your youngin i do yeah Right. Well, would you like them edited together professionally? No. For forty dollars, no. fifty dollars, no. or something like that. You see, I didn't want it when it was free. I still don't want it when it costs. Right. $40. Okay. Well, wait, let me try Blanford. Have you got any rocks and concrete <laughs> that you'd like edited together? <laughs> the problem is that it doesn't doesn't. That's a rubbish thing to take a video of. 
live my, action for, concrete. For my, for my classy videos, obviously I'm enough of a control freak that I'd want to edit them myself because oh, they might edit out the wrong bit of concrete. Yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm, I'm having a, a, a self-control issue here. Okay, Ralph Blanford, your thing of the week? My thing of the week is you, Ben. Oh, how lovely. Um, I was listening to Radio 4 and I was Liar. hearing about a very, uh, well, okay, it was during MWC. I listened to it on iPlayer afterwards because I heard that there was going to be a good episode good or recovery. a good new story. Thank you. About roaming and then uh, your voice appeared and it was a bit like listening to a 361 podcast except it was branded BBC, which was interesting. Yes, everybody from the actual mobile industry was in Barcelona. So they scraped the barrel and when they reached the bottom of the barrel, they looked in a different barrel and they found me. I think the thing we have to say there is every barrel would like to be the quality that obviously the scrapings from that one was. Thank you, I think. So you sure. were on the radio. I was on the radio. The radio. Uh, BBC Radio for you and yours, which is their consumer programme. A man went to Moldova and he turned his data roaming on. And I think basically now they're taking all his things away to pay for it. So Did you enjoy that? I did. It was interesting. I've never sat at the, in the 361 recording studio and thought, oh, luxurious. But having been in the BBC one, I now think that this is positively opulent. The BBC one was like a cupboard because, of course, the presenter was down the line somewhere oh, in Manchester. I, I, right, I was right, actually right. in front of a person. I was just in a cupboard with a microphone. Uh, but it was cool. If you would like to hear the episode, well, the clip in question, or you would like to read about what I said, because I said it was Vodafone's fault, you can go to wirelessworker.net where there has been a post, which in itself is almost mm. a sort of a seismic activity in its own right. So go to wirelessworker.net. You can read all about it and hear me say words, which you're doing right now but you can hear me say different words with different people what's your thing of the week my thing of the week is you you mccat go on well since we're all making each other our things of the week you can't have felt or noticed that this week we are working together it's been quite interesting very strange very exciting so i thought i know i've recently bought a house and i have a small child what can i do to improve my financial security I can launch an independent digital mobile consulting firm. And so that's sort of what I've done. I'm freelance and uh, no, we have the pleasure of working together. I'm delighted. In the bank that we shall not name. We don't talk about it, but it is number one for Net Promoter Score mobile in the UK. Thank you very much. And if you care about that, then please contact Ewan via his personal communication channels and don't talk to the 361 podcast. But yes, it's been great fun. And Are you enjoying it? Yeah, so I, I've left my previous role and some people will know. Is I was that a bit of, weird? Really? I, I was working in, in sort of public sector and, yes. and, and digital government and this kind of stuff and i'm back doing mobile stuff which i love but yeah it's, High it's strange it's very strange are you enjoying the finance world i'm enjoying the finance world but i'm also enjoying that permanent sense of anxiety that at any moment we could look i could be completely without any money so it's always very exciting oh but that's this that's exactly. part of the part so, of the rule and uh, so of course in, if in six months time you've more money than sense and you'd like to hire someone to do uh, mobile technology stuff for you then i will probably be available depending on how well this goes or indeed <laughs> if you want something exchange for money indeed indeed okay anyways enough about me this, uh we should talk about barcelona we should talk about barcelona and mobile congress and rafe blanford is the most tiredest around the table so we should definitely make him do all of the talking Lovely. So, Rafe, you were there the whole time. I was. And you and you went for the I day. I flew in for the Wednesday. Hashtag MWC in the day. Thank you. It's now a thing. a thing. It is a oh. thing. Other people were doing it. And well done to them. Yeah. Not mm. just me. Not just you. Yeah. <laughs> it was a very expensive day because I had to buy my pass. Wow. Okay. That's, that's 800 that's... euro. Thanks wow. a lot. Wow. But, but the truth is you actually need more than a day to do MWC. Properly, yes. But for me, that was fine. Okay, so what we should do is yeah. talk not about the news that came out of it because that's boring and everyone else has done that. We should talk about what interested you guys about Mobile Congress and Rafe Blanford as ever. I think we should start with you for the sensible answer. So what does that mean? Just, we'll come back to you. <laughs> People can make their own judgments. Right. Um, what stood out for you in the show in terms of what was there? Top three things, there? Blanford. Yeah, come, come on, on. give us a top three. 
Okay, so the, the big themes for me were actually not about the hardware, not about apps. It was actually virtual reality, which was everywhere, um, IoT and 5G. But I think it probably is worth starting where MWC starts, which is day zero, where you have the big handset announcements from the likes of uh, Samsung. It's no longer LG. day one. It used to be a Monday, but now they ever, Samsung well, actually, it do kick, it on the Yeah, it kicks off on the Saturday now with Alcatel on day minus one. Did you go to that? Uh, I didn't get to that, but I did go to the big Samsung launch event and... You know, not so interested in the Mark news. Zuckerberg? I did see did Mark Zuckerberg. Did you like a little baby? Uh, no, I didn't. But I did wear a VR Great headset oh, along with 4,999 other people. Just the spectacle of the launch was pretty astonishing. Having that many VR headsets kind of all hardwired and around the seats and all set up perfectly. It did make for something that really grabbed the attention immediately. And it was kind of, for me at least, a signal that VR had arrived in a big way. I mean, there have been a couple of VR launch events before, but not on that scale. The actual handsets themselves, I think Samsung's done a really fantastic job. It's a far cry from the kind of the S2 and the S3 a few years ago in terms of the materials used in the design. And I think you know they can truly put their hands up and say, this is a, a top quality high-end handset. But for me, what was interesting was kind of the breadth of Samsung at the show, particularly the fact that they were not just doing Gear VR, which they've had before, but also the kind of the complete solution. So there was the Gear 360 camera, which is kind of consumer-friendly pricing. It's about 400 euros or so to be able to record 360-degree video. But Mark Zuckerberg was getting up on stage to talk about how Facebook was going to be doing a big push and sharing 360 video and sharing VR would be the big new thing. And he said he was going to record his daughter's first steps using that rather than video or a photo, as had previously been the case. LG were doing the same thing. They actually had their VR headset as well and a VR camera. And they actually had their modular smartphone, which I don't know about you. And you I know you had a look at this handset. In terms of just the handset on its own, I actually think removable battery in a unibody Lovely size. did a nice job. Those kind of modular add-ons, which was a, kind of an MP3 player or an audio player plus a camera grip, didn't fit. I mean, got a lot of attention. People were talking about them, but I'm not sure they really make a lot of sense in the real world. I think it was a lovely idea, and I think it could have been very helpful three or four years ago. Yeah. It's a terrible idea. It's, it's, a, no, it's, it's nice. Though. It's a great concept, blah, 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 but not me. But, NIMBY, right? Not my backyard. So first of all, they did or almost or were reported to have called it magic slots. And I just want to take a moment while we all giggle childishly about <laughs> magic slot. Okay. So having got that out of the way, no one else is going to make these add-ons. They made the sum total of two add-ons, if I remember right, and certainly oh. not more than a handful. I just which, looked at the battery, actually. Which, I thought yeah. the battery was a smart idea, too late. But, you exactly. Know. Of which, of which one, one was an, an, a high-fidelity audio output. One was an add-on camera thingy both of which functions other phones are building in sort of good quality native ones, and then the rest was removable batteries. So really, it was just a very, very complicated bit of hardware for removable battery. And which we don't really have that problem anymore. Which people don't... Annoyingly, we've got over it, right? Which people don't want. Now, only a very small minority do, and probably most of them... It's just me that constantly panics about battery life, but no one... Angrily tweeting me now to go, Ben, I I want a removable battery, but if you do, then you're wrong. And by contrast, uh, Samsung was adding back in waterproofing and micro SD card support, which the S5 had, but the S6 didn't. So in that sense, I think they were a little bit more on trend. But as I say, it was kind of the breadth of Samsung that was impressive. The handset, it's kind of, that's just table stakes now. Just before we move on though, Rafe, is it any good? Like, is the S7 any good? 
I really liked. I mean, I actually like the design of the S6. They refined it slightly. It's slightly more curved back. The thing that actually caught my attention was the screen size. It's actually come down slightly. So I think I'm right in saying it was 76 millimeters was the average for the LG and the Samsung flagships last year. It's now 74 millimeters. So that answer of what's the sweet spot for kind of that physical screen size is going to be answered. Having had several years where they've been growing a little bit, we've now kind of arrived at that decision. So Yes, it seems like a good handset for me, but you know, the thing about it is now it's not just about the hardware. We talked about this in the tail end of last season about being post-hardware. And actually, there is a, a serious point to that. You know, people just assume that's the thing at uh, MWC now. And if anything, there was a bit more attention on something like the low-end handsets just because of the value that they offer. And then you had Xiaomi coming along on the Wednesday and announcing the Mi 5, which had basically the same specifications and a sort of starting price of about £220, so less than half of that of the flagships. I will say that you know, there were the usual incremental improvements in the camera, but the one to watch out for this time around, if you're a kind of spec geek, is actually the Snapdragon 820 seems to be a very impressive piece of silicon. They've had, having had a misstep last year, this time in both in terms of the performance and also the energy budget of the kind of the hardware is really good and actually they felt really really quick um, especially considering these were still a few weeks off the kind of final software you mcleod you rarely miss an opportunity to give your verdicts on a handset that you haven't really used so oh, exactly here's your time i think it'll be very nice lovely there you go right you don't, you don't normally no, say that what i was rather impressed by was samsung's marketing so i am on their database because i've bought quite a lot of samsung things and on the Monday, I got an email saying, see the next big thing, because they've been trailing for the last couple of weeks by email, the unpacked launch event that Rafe was at. Yeah. So they've been specifically trailing. Rafe Blanford will be attending this event. Well, I think there was probably something there somewhere about that. <laughs> I knew Blanford was going, so it was quite important to me. Yeah. But when I, I scrolled down the email, it basically says, technology has been reimagined. It hasn't. It, I promise you it hasn't. The future is happening right now. No. Again, incorrect. Okay, beautifully designed and expertly crafted with intelligent features and more power than ever before. It's nil for three. Yeah. No, that was actually true. That oh, okay, I'll give you. We, we've completely rethought what a phone can do. Uh, okay, so one for four then. Have they rethought what a phone can do? No, no. Right, that, okay. uh, to be fair, I mean, a lot of that language is sort of marketing speak. But <laughs> you don't, you do don't you think, say. But what Samsung has done is... They the only so, thing that's changed they, is they, everything. They, they stopped talking about all the specifications of the yes. hardware. Themselves. It was very noticeable that they were talking about kind of the things that the phone could do and the, what they referred to as the galaxy of accessories yeah. around. Oh. Clever, clever play on words there. Not really. But actually, that's why the 360 thing was notable, because that was a major part of the keynote. Mark Zuckerberg from Facebook came up on stage and you know talked about the Oculus commitment and the Facebook commitment to 360 video as if it was going to be a really big thing. And actually, he's a smart guy. So I kind of, you know, it was VR actually arriving as a complete system that consumers would be able to use rather than it being kind of a fancy toy. Speaking of VR, uh, I scrolled down my email and then up popped this. So I've already had the, the email before when the, on the launch day, the details came through in the handset. It said it basically said it's waterproof and it's still got an edge. Cool. They said, oh, complimentary gear, VR. So you can, this thing that Rafe was wearing, mm. yeah, you can get one free of charge when you pre-order a Galaxy. That's one the first point in the email. And then the second point was the Samsung upgrade program. How much value is that that's, VR? That's about £100 of value. So okay. it's, you know, it's not insignificant. No, well, that's pretty cool. It's, it's so, almost exactly £100. The, uh, thank you, Ben. I was quite delighted to see the Samsung upgrade program. Uh, this now, is right, interesting now, Remember my smart. moaning from years ago? No, I tend to block it out, to be honest. Right. 
for those that are suffering a relapse, as I am. Right, so basically, what it says is you can join the Samsung upgrade program for the option to stay up to date with the latest Galaxy smartphone from just £25 a month. So basically, Samsung will always send me the latest smartphone. I subscribe to the smartphone. You can, no, I subscribe. This is what I've been saying for these these guys need to do it for ages. When we sat in front of Nokia, yeah. they said, look, you need to actually do this. Yeah. Uh, so, so, and where are they now? Well, exactly. So they should. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if they'd done that, yeah. my view was this marketplace needs to move to subscription soon to try and lock in the consumer and to differentiate these hardware vendors. And Apple have done this in the States, but yes. nowhere else yet. But Samsung have executed it. In the UK, at least, I don't pro- think probably Apple, other Apple doesn't need to. I don't think because the, the, the customers still go and buy. Yeah. You know, okay, but, but but the point I was making was that it's it's an idea that others have done elsewhere, and Apple was probably wasn't the first. If you think about some of the enterprise stuff, but no. it's here. It's for you in the I UK. Just, I've always liked the idea of the consumer subscribing directly to Samsung, yeah. and it's just clever that they joined up thinking that's arriving in the email just after people Isn't started good? hearing Isn't really it on the, the mainstream news. And, and it, actually, I was really surprised. So I was in the car with Mrs. Smith on Sunday. The Sunday during the, 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 the show, event. the unpacked event. Yes, Mrs. Smith, not considering that we should stop our weekend away in order to listen to the live tweets from that. Uh, she's a hard woman sometimes. But I was listening to the news and in a very, very short news briefing on um, commercial radio, the fact that the Galaxy S7 had been announced was the end finally piece in a three, four minute news segment. So it is mainstream yeah, news now. It's, it's a demonstration of how far Samsung has come. I think what's also interesting to talk about Samsung at MWC, that wasn't the extent of their news and their launches. They actually launched something called the Samsung Connect Auto, which plugs into the OBT2 diagnostic port of your car. That's and my favourite Star Wars character. It, indeed. And turns it into a connected car, because it's also a LTE-powered hotspot and has a companion app that is able to tell you about your car performance and various other things. As opposed to the LTE unpowered hotspot, which doesn't, doesn't connect to anything. As you said in a discussion we had about this earlier, it's similar to the automatic product. And there's a couple of others out on the market, but Samsung were actually kind of using their scared across software, security, and hardware to make this happen. And the interesting bit for me was they were using Samsung Knox, which is kind of their security software, to kind of provide guaranteed security and there's a secure element in this hardware. And I think this is something of Samsung doing a, a play for becoming a connected car platform player. And this hardware is just kind of the first example of that. And in some ways, that's symptomatic of the whole of MWC. It's not really about, you know, the phone launches anymore. That always used to be the highlight and the big thing. And of course, you know, there's still a lot of attention to that. But there are a lot of verticals present at MWC now, of which automotive is probably one of the mature and biggest. It started a few years ago. This time around, we saw Ford announce a car, the Cougar SUV. And there were various other ones, uh, Nissan and plenty of other cars on the show floor. And I think it's smart for them to announce a transitional products because yes. OBD2 ports are the diagnostic ports that sit sort of somewhere in the footwell at all yeah. in your car. And they've been around for tens of years. Yeah, and any car over sort of 15 years old will have that in it. And, and it's certainly not going to set the world on fire in terms of connected cars. But what it means is it trains a whole generation of consumers to get used to connected cars in a simple way. And it's a very, very sensible place, actually. You're going to buy add- one? I think if it's priced sensibly and would given, you put one in your German vehicle? Yeah, I, I reckon I would actually, because it would be really interesting to have like a, a, a car Fitbit. Mm. Yeah, and and that's what it is. And actually adding in the hotspot functionality, you know, it's a clever way to do it because you don't have to worry about the charging and all of that part of it. And Samsung Knox itself actually has got much bigger. It started as kind of a, a container security thing on phones, and actually now you can take Samsung hardware like the S two 
smartwatch and put your own software on it and use it as a kind of appliance or enterprise device. They were showing a demonstration of how it could be used in kind of baggage security in airports. And previously, you'd have had to take your own enterprise device or go and design something specific. But this is buy off-the-shelf Samsung hardware and use Samsung Knox to kind of customise it to become an appliance device that's personal to you. So it was just that breadth. I mean, Samsung was also playing up its heritage. They actually had a museum as part of their stand where they showed off all their highlights from the last 10 or 15 years. Including many of their current interface designs. Boom! <laughs> Boom. It was things like the first phone watch and things like that. But it w- did provide a contrast to people like Huawei, ZTE, who are more recent manufacturers. And so it's kind of almost like seeing Samsung become the old man of the industry, but it's also reflecting the fact they did a good job on the hardware. It, it is a nice device. And I think it can be held up as one of the, you know, the big flagship devices that will, you know, it will sell well. There we go. I walked into the hall thinking, was I right to spend the 100 euro on coming? And, That's uh, an expensive day out. Uh, I know, I know. And you could have had some really nice steak for 800 euro. Seriously, I was on the plane thinking I could have spent this. I could have bought another MacBook. Or steak. Basically. Or I mean, just, just let's not take steak off the table. An 800 pound steak. No, I'm just saying that you could have had a lot of steak and maybe even a glass of wine or two. Yeah, for a nice, nice bottle of wine. Now, I went straight to the Huawei stand just because of where I arrived in the hall and uh, had a look at the Mate 8 devices yeah. and I, I i swanned around as is your style i have been known to do some swanning but uh, it was a windows device it was really the best thing on the huawei well, stand Rafe, wasn't Rafe it woken up yeah it was actually great to see the windows device i went over and stood next to the mate 8 devices everyone was busy having a look at them and i brought out my mate 8 that huawei very kindly sent me and took some photos you of felt it. superior just, did you? I, I felt very superior yeah, thank you I huawei. enjoy that and I just need to say thank you again for that experience. That was wonderful. And I, I am enjoying it, by the way. It is a fantastic device. They have put it's a lot. with a massive battery, right? 4,000 milliamps. And uh, I still have not managed to get it to zero yet. How? I haven't managed to get, you know, at the end of the day. Presumably you have charged it since receiving it. Oh, I have, yes. But <laughs> that's a fair point. Yeah. However, it's currently on 31%. And I've had it uh, operating for two days. Proper decent use. So well, I, I've, impressed. I, for one, don't require any further validation, scientific or otherwise, of the battery Done. capacity. It must be amazing. Done. Yeah, if yes. you read right. says. So, Matebook. Then I went over to the Matebook and thought, oh, this now, is very nice. For those of us who don't know Huawei's inventory inside out, or mm, might have just, just forgotten. Well, I was yeah. about to say, it's, yeah. about to say, it's basically, what, what is it? it's their Surface alternative, right? It's, so it's a transformer, two-in-one device, tablet, and laptop. Yes, yeah, it's a lovely tablet. It looks a little bit like an iPad. I felt it was slimmer than an iPad myself, but running Windows 10. So yeah. not all good news then? Well, you know, we've got to get a mention for Blanford and he does love these things, right? I picked it up and had a little play with the, the little pen that came with it. I did think, oh, dear me, is it just another generic? But do you know what? It was very impressively designed. It felt nice. And the pen and the, what would you call it, Blanford? Is it the latency or the, the, the screen refresh or the, the pen touch refresh? Basically, when you draw a line quickly, it follows you really quickly. It felt a lot like writing or drawing. Because uh, often these, some of these devices, you, you do a squiggle, then two seconds later it appears. It's yeah, the, ideal. the iPad Pro famously has very, very low latency. You've got to have that right latency on the, got, on yeah. the pen on the pen input because it, that mimics the sensation of mm. writing, you know, in, in with a real pen. There's and a chap next to me actually doing art. He was doing, doing art. Real, real drawing. 
Wow. Yeah. But for handwriting recognition, I think even the iPad Pro still has work to do, Ben. It, it does. Well, I've, I've tested the iPad Pro with a view to, to trying to take handwritten notes on it. And certainly I don't write quickly and it still lags there, but it is a country mile better than the standard iPad and yeah. some of the other devices. So, But they're getting close. They're, getting, they're, they're really they're close. Close. It's interesting, though. I mean, this was a Windows device and there were actually quite a lot of other transformers around the show. Several companies announced them. And for me, this was kind of a slightly unexpected theme of the show that Microsoft, which has been having a lot of problems with Windows 10 Mobile after the strategy change last summer and recent sales figures that have been you know, disappointing, not unexpected given what happened, but it, it's sort of that enterprise side of Windows actually feels like it's quite healthy and strong and partly these were these transformer devices. But there are a couple of other phones on show. The one that caught my attention was basically what would be a, a flagship uh, Windows 10 Mobile device from HP, the X3 Elite. And this is really playing up the continuum aspect, the fact that you can kind of use your phone as a, a desktop computer. And HP had done some sensible extensions with Workspace, which kind of allowed you to have multiple windows in continuum mode. It was actually a slight cheat because it's kind of a, a remote PC thing. They also had shown off Salesforce, kind of, again, the enterprise credentials. But kind of one of the most intriguing bits, which I'm not convinced by, is it was the extender accessory, which was basically a dumb laptop in much the same way as Motorola Atrix. However, this time around, I think the software and particularly the hardware has matured such that performance should be good enough. It's early days because this handset won't be coming out to the summer, but it was using the Snapdragon 820, as were some of the other flagships. And that performance feels like it could be pretty interesting. And for the enterprise market, it does make a lot of sense. And actually, Acer had something similar on their stand with, I think it was the Jade Primo 3. What really caught my attention was actually they had a box that it came in that was the phone, the dock, and a monitor, and a keyboard and mouse. And it was kind of basically a PC in a box that was just the size of a, a monitor box. And that's how they were kind of promoting it. We might touch on continue on another show because actually I think it's well, I think a more, more complex story than we've got time to cover here. But it was just the fact that you it doesn't know, take long to say a terrible idea. Well, thank you, Ben. Microsoft actually were a little more prominent than I was expecting at MWC. Did you go and meet them? I, I did. The stand, which is the old Nokia stand, was half the size and wasn't nearly as comfortable and didn't have a popcorn machine this well, year, which useless. was very disappointing. Useless, yeah. did, did you feel, you know, a sadness, was a, that the stages of grief? Those were the days, Blanford. Honestly, there was a sort of tear in my eye that it wasn't quite the same as it used to be. And then I wandered up Pool 3 and came to the enormous Nokia stand. And I was trying to work out why it was so big. And of course, it was a combination of both Nokia and Alcatel-Lucent, the two big players in the networking equipment space. And they had acres and acres of room, but probably had some of the best demos of, of 5G and showing off some of the, the characteristics and principles of that. Did you see the cat phone? Yeah, that was interesting. The S60? So you know this is the indestructible phone for builders yeah, and I, I got really excited. I yeah. thought Symbian S60 was making a comeback, but actually it turned out it no, was just it was thermal imaging. S60 Android device right. with integrated FLIR, FLIR. FLIR. FLIR's lepton thermal micro camera module. So basically, if you, if you get this phone, it will show you infrared heat. Things. Temperature, so you can take a thermi. A thermi, and I, I took a thermi. I did. I, I Facebook. No, 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 I tweeted a thermi. Right. Really, really smart. If you're a builder or anyone in the trades, particularly helpful because if you need to, if you need to detect heat. Can I ask the elephant in the room question? Yeah. How frequently do tradespeople, builders, need to take for uh, thermal imaging? I, I asked this question, and a lot actually. Really? Oh yeah, it's a, it's a really big thing, right? Because if there's been a leak, 
you need to be able to see where that leak is, is actually coming from. And sometimes you can't quite see it. So even if it's cold, you then you hold your phone up, you can actually see basically through the ceiling of the wall and you can see the pipes or whatever. It's terrifically valuable. And the, so the feedback these guys are having is absolutely phenomenal from the markets, from the trades in particular. I mean, let's be clear, these uh, cat phones are ruggedized phones, so they're intended for a, a certain market anyway. Great, and great actually, for sport and you know if you're walking around because these things are just almost indestructible anyway they're really really smart the big thing is i mean they had a standalone one of these that clipped onto an iphone and android devices and that was sort of costing 500 pounds or so uh, this has now come down to sort of the 250 price point and building it into a phone so it, yes it's absolutely a specialist device but if a builder or someone like that wanted to keep this kind of equipment on site previously, it would cost them thousands of pounds and now they can just get it in a phone. Now, would you use it as your only phone? I'd be a little bit sceptical about that, but certainly... If you're a builder or anyone near the trade, then I can imagine you using this. And, and some people that were doing this work on my kitchen, which is really crazy expensive, but anyway, we've got it done, thankfully, finally. But yeah, there was one of the builds there was using an S40 which is the uh, the one before that uh, doesn't have the yeah. integrated um, infrared. But he'll, uh, I'm pretty confident this guy will be upgrading. But it was probably the bit of hardware that was getting to the most oohs and ahs at the show. It's I really smart, really smart. It's just a, an example of how far things have come. And actually, there were other specialist devices. I saw one that had an integrated ECG, which seemed to have lesser applicable markets. But ECG? Electrocardiogram, sort of heart rate stuff. Heart rate stuff. There you go. Oh, done. Sorry for done. that. Yeah. Finally reached words, I understand. Quote that one, tweet that one. Okay, so we're going to move on and talk about some of the future gazing stuff yeah. in a moment because we are running out of time. But before we do, we ought to just quickly mention Tenji. Yes. You're McLeod. Uh, would you like to win a thousand pounds? I would be. De- well, hold on a minute. Do I qualify? Yeah, are you I would love to, but. Well, actually, you don't. Yeah. So, okay, so yes. You, yes, I would love to, but I can't get it. You. Because right. I'm, I'm a. Rafe Bland. I'm on air talent. <laughs> well. If, if that's the criteria, you're safe. I'm on air. <laughs> <laughs> you, me, Rafe Blanford, the, the employees of Tenji. So anyways, Tenji are a new messaging app and you can find them in the App Store and they are sponsoring season 12, as it is, uh, one, episodes one to five. And uh, to celebrate that, they have launched a draw. Now, the thing you need to know about Tenji is that they give half their revenue back to the users, which is cool. And they do that through a weekly prize draw and they've given thousands, I mean, you and hundreds of thousands, is it? Or tens of thousands. I think it was 123,000 wow. since May. Back to the users. Yes. And that's cool. And if you use their app, you can get in for the draw there. And the more you use it, the more chances you stand to win. But the really cool thing is if you go to the App Store and download the app, and when you sign up, you use the voucher code 361, which you just type in during the sign-up process, you'll also get entered into a special draw just for 361 listeners. And those listeners could win £1,000 as well, in addition to the normal draw. And so, of course, it's a much smaller group of people than their overall user base. So you had a really good chance of winning it i've got four tickets so far four tickets okay so i think you get two tickets every day for using it so you know you yeah because i had a load of people join yeah. and then i got 16 tickets per joinee thank you yeah. very much and uh, alas i don't think i qualify no you don't so no. you, you you won't win anything but if you'd no. like to give that a try give it a try try out the it's app really cool. you stand a chance of winning some cash you and you can spend that on anything you like the only stipulation is unfortunately you do need to be resident in the uk but we will look to run something for overseas listeners in the future thank you very much for 10g t-e-n-g-i for sponsoring it okay Rafe Planford now we need to get to the serious chin stroking business of talking about the 5G because this is this is where your chins this is the serious bit of the show now so it is and it's not just about horses either what that's a terrible joke (laughs) Um, tell (laughs) what is 5G is it a thing yet 1G better 
it is 1G better. It's Why don't we just have 6G then? <laughs> yeah, screw 5G. Yeah. I want 6. <laughs> that is somebody else's joke robbed so many times over. Anyways. But, but actually, that's probably what everyone will be saying at next year's MWC. I think the point here has been talked about for the last, you know, four or five years at MWC, but we started hearing about deployment dates for the first time. You know, the estimates range from 2019 from the network makers to sort of 2020 from the operators and 2021 from the analysts. You know, it's going to depend what market you're in. It is the next generation network. And to kind of boil it really simply, simplify it down. I do need that. The current networks are built around use cases for mobile phones. 5G is much more about ubiquitous connectivity. So no, sorry, those words don't compute. What does that okay. mean? It's, it's it built, is, seamless connectivity. It's it? built for all the connected objects that will be using the network in the future, and it won't just be mobile phones. It will be all the sensors that are embedded in the world around us. In your eyeball. All the appliances that are in your home, smart bikes, smart cars. The reason for that is partly it's actually 5G. is a bit of an umbrella term, so it encompasses quite a few technologies, and actually nothing has been standardised yet. That will happen in sort of 2018 or so. But for example, you will have a, a network that's capable of having both high speeds but also low speeds with lower power requirements, and so that's good for IoT objects. But I think in terms of the, the kind of headline feature, 10 times faster, great, that's always going to be a good thing. But the really significant thing is the latency comes down and that's the amount of time it takes for something to happen after you make a request and so you know it's ping rates for gaming or something like that why this becomes significant is at the moment it's kind of a tenth of seconds in terms of the latency on current networks it will drop down to a couple of milliseconds for some technologies so that puts a whole new range of options in play the most important of which for me i think is things like teleoperation so you could do surgery over a 5g network without risking cutting through someone's leg or artery i appreciate you could do that but also just having a video conference is going to be much Absolutely. more reliable i mean i know that's kind of less wow well, don't but... be so boring well even something as simple as a voice call it's actually, all right to you you know rather than having that fractional delay when you're having a voice call it will sound much more like the person's having a conversation in the same room as you I, 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 I mean, what, what, exactly uh, there'll be, so there'll be more bandwidth so it'll be high still quality. your voice calls won't work properly though you can guarantee that well i suppose but is. you did and all your little devices will speak to each other fast or slow there we go so 5g it's a good number of years off yet when's it going to start to matter to normal people I would say 2021, 2022, you'll see them in the UK. Some of the lead markets, maybe like South Korea and Japan, 2020. I wouldn't be surprised if Japan and NTT Docomo tries to put something in place for the Tokyo Olympics. And that would mean that you'd be able to have kind of virtual reality or hologram streaming of live sporting events from those things coming into That'll your get home. Interesting, it? Yeah. And it, it's the next step on. And, and frankly, we've got you know, this explosion of connected devices happening all around us. We've talked about cars, we've talked about the smart home. We really need a network that is suited and built for that. And I think that's what 5G will be about. And in that sense, it's very exciting because we know there's problems with 4G already in terms of both capacity and all of that. And it's not going to solve it overnight by any means. But having been talking about this for so long, actually seeing kind of the test beds, so Nokia, Ericsson, they all had their equipment out on display and were showing off real demos of it working. And some of it, it's quite hard to grasp because frankly, it's all just big boxes of electronics and silicon and chips and aerials. Did you get your equipment out on display, Rifframs? <laughs> sorry, I'm being so pure. Um, <laughs> I've just seen Ben's face. I'm sorry. I'm interested in all that stuff that you said sounds cool. 
But yes. I'm thinking, oh, that sounds like cell sites are going to need to have really fast network connections and phones are going to need to have really big batteries, batteries. to do all this stuff. And no doubt a bunch of far more complicated things that I don't even yeah. understand. So none of those things are actually wrapped up in 5G. But do you think there's the evidence that those things will be good enough in time? So Because it'd be terrible to have a phone that went really quick for 10 minutes. So I actually think on the phone side, 5G networks will be more power efficient. So you'll require smaller batteries. On the backhaul side, yeah, it's definitely going to be an issue. You need the infrastructure right across the network to be able to deal with that sort of thing. But then you're going to want to watch the Super HD video, the yeah. 8K video. It's going to change my expectations up again. Well, well you, that'll download in a second, but you're going to have to watch it. Therefore, the screen will need to be powered. There we go. So, and you will not be able to get a proper signal on the train. Okay, so just before we wrap up, we've got 30 seconds for fun things from Mobile Congress. Ewan McLeod, did you see anything fun? I saw someone from Bloomberg or whatever interviewing a robot, an IBM robot. Cool, oh. great, next. Rafe Blanford? Yeah, connected cow from Fujitsu. Oh, very impressive. Connected cow. Yeah. So uh, this basically stuck a Fitbit pedometer on the cow, counted its number of steps, and determining the number of steps helps you work out whether the cow is uh, fertile or not. And if it takes fewer steps, it's it's ready to be um, knocked up, basically. Yeah. Fair enough. What did you say? Locked up. Knocked up. Knocked up. And actually, you know, it's basically farmers will do artificial insemination. And <laughs> this got weird quick. <laughs> so when, on, a, when a mummy cow and a daddy cow love each other very much, okay. they put on their Fitbits. So did you actually say knocked up? Yes, I Made did. to be. So yeah. I felt sorry for the people having to demo this because. <laughs> Right, you be the go. <laughs> this is Brian. He'll be playing the role of Daisy. Moo. And it says very nicely, it's basically an Easter detection system. But actually the point of this was it would increase the revenue per cow by about $600. And so it's mm. really about the operational efficiencies that IoT offers. And there were plenty of other examples of this in the agricultural space in uh, operations and you know logistics for you know, people moving stuff around and you know that's the thing iot is actually starting to have real world applications and you know bring on more connected cows please final question for me rafe blanford as i try and maintain my composure every year and I, the last time i went they do the silly entry badges for mobile world congress oh, on yes. phones yeah. digital my badge my favorite thing is watching the mobile industry pretend like it's perfectly okay that you need to hold the phone see mine. this way or that way or yeah. just up a little bit or maybe if you just turned it over and went around like that you know so year after year these sort of the real demonstrations of, of why the user experience matters and, yeah. and yeah. how immature some of these technologies are so did it all work this year it was better this year. I mean, there was actually still a problem getting your badge validated, which is something that happens at the registration procedure. But in terms of the lines, it was now quicker using the digital badge and it worked off Android devices, off NFC and iPhone using uh, Bluetooth LE. And it was just a matter of holding the, your phone over the thing for about half a second and the green light would go on and you'd be able to walk through. But it was definitely my observation that some people struggled to get their positioning right so it depended which queue you were and you had to identify people who were competent at using a, an electronic badge in order to get through as quickly as possible what distance traveled 54 miles according to my uh, microsoft band and that was uh, something like a hundred ten thousand steps mars bars consumed an embarrassingly large number i, I had to, I refueled I had to him be on restocked Wednesday. by a year yeah. and halfway through i think it was probably 10 mars bars over five days i bought a ton of them in w H. smith's at the airport for him hours of sleep had about oh, yes. three or four hours a night parties 
Uh, lots of parties. Best one was Swedish beers run by uh, Helen Keegan at Dostres. Highly recommended if you go to MWC. It's must attend. Mm. Grand. Well, we look. We ought to wrap it up there because we've run out of time. But uh, yeah, thank you very much. It's Lots been very interesting. I, I I kind of in two minds as to whether I want to go back or not. It's it's sort of fun, but then you I do. kind of uh, think about the cows. Nowhere else do you see the complete range of the mobile industry, and you know you can build a network from the ground up. You can do the handsets, but the really interesting thing is all the verticals that are now present at MWC: automotive, health, education, cows. industrial, uh, cows. Absolutely, and you know you don't see that anywhere else. But yes, you know, the, the traditional MWC isn't you know, the same as it used to be because that's just assumed to happen. Everyone's got a smartphone now. Everyone has an app. It's all the stuff that's above that, on top of that. And because, you know, mobile is actually now just intrinsic to the world around us. So if you'd like to uh, support the show and help us cover the cost of production, you can uh, support us through Patreon. You can go to 361podcast.com where you can give uh, a dollar an episode and help us uh, fund the cost of the show. And uh, as we uh, edge ever closer to the $100 target per episode that we've set ourselves. We're about halfway there. That is Rafe, amazing. Rafe Blanford gets closer to the massage he so desperately wants and craves and repeatedly asks us no, for. No, ex- no, except, no, Except when we're on air, because we're going to be doing a special episode about things that you can get by mobile phones, brackets, including massages and anything else that Rafe Blanford doesn't want to happen to him. I, I, I want this to happen, Blanford. Indeed, I understand that the massage will be consensual, but we are going to have to persuade Rafe Blanford quite vigorously. Can we do a shout out to the team Digitas LBI. We can. Hello, see, they all want to see it, I think. Hello to everyone of race Someone's colleagues. offered to video it. Yeah, well, indeed. I think there's going to be a small auditorium. So if you uh, enjoy the show, or if you like the idea of Ray Blanford being pretty miserable in front of his colleagues, uh, either one of those things appeal to you, then please go to 361podcast.com where you can support the show. Thank you to everyone who's already done that and your generosities enabled us to keep recording and uh, in- improving the show. Although I say I think most of, the, uh, most of the things we'll spend the money on will come slightly later in the season. Okay, we ought to wrap up there. You can find us at 361podcast on Twitter. We are 361podcast.com and you can email us and find details of how to live as a voicemail through the site. We're also on Facebook, but don't encourage them. Thank you very much to mark audiowrangler.co.uk for editing this episode and thank you to Digitas LBI for providing our recording studio this evening. We will be back next week. Bye-bye. Special thanks to everyone who pledged money to crowdfund the show this week, including David Walker, Tim Edwards, Illico Ella and Andy Hagen. There's a full list of our supporters on 361podcast.com, along with information on how to help us from as little as $1 per episode via Patreon.